Hey, everybody, this is Cassidy Bowman. And the thing I remember most about Arlington High School, sadly, is uh, there were several really great teachers trying to give me a really good education, and I was kind of making their life difficult. I wish I hadn't done that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Ponder This podcast. I am uh, very delighted to have on the other line on the Zoom call coming to us from the western part of the state. Um, a guy who spent three years at Arlington High, not four, but three. He was in the middle of a move, which can always be tough during your uh, your teenage years. And so tough that about a year and a half ago, when I posted a picture of my son, Willie D, for his 13th birthday on Facebook, he sent me a message. And this is what he wrote. He said, hey, Tim, been meaning to reach out to you and just saw your post about your son, I assume. Well, yeah, he's my son, about his birthday. He wrote, holy shit, man, it's like stepping back in a time machine. I feel like I went to AHS with that kid. Very cool. Congratulations. Kids are the best, right? I have a boy seven and a girl 10 and they're what make my world go round where are you living these days i'm in northampton mass i took the long way to get here five years in chicago 15 in san fran hey i'm sure i never said it but i want to thank you in capital letters by the way for your friendship back for my three years at ahs it wasn't a great time for me moving away from a small town to a big city in the middle of high school I don't think I handled it particularly well. I was such a disruptive student, just a complete goof. Having such a better understanding now of what it takes to be a teacher, that shit is embarrassing. But anyway, you were always a solid friend, man. You didn't have to be like that to some new kid in town, but you were. It's a beacon of light when I drift back over those years. Hope all is well, and feel free to fill me in on your life. Hey, one more thing. I just remembered something. I totally lifted the most Dalton-esque thing ever decades ago and made it my own. Your Johnny Most impression. Whenever I'm playing sports with the kids, I bust out, All right now, Bowman is filling Dylan. Now he's Dallin and Doolin. And now Bowman steals the ball. It's in the hope. Johnny Most, your pants are on fire. Great stuff, man. Keep in touch. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the long intro. Sorry, not sorry. Please, welcome to the program. One of my very good friends in high school, and clearly I was one of his, Mr. Cassidy. hand. Oh, man, I'm so happy to hear the Johnny Most impression. I definitely wanted to hear that today, so you just made my day. Well, listen, I wasn't going to let you go through an interview without giving you a little, you know, all oh, right now there's Bird over to McHale. You know, that, some of my fondest memories. I never watched the Celts, baby, back in high school. I listened to him because Johnny was just the ultimate homer and, uh, he made it great to uh, to listen and hate on the other teams in the uh, in the NBA. How are you, pal? What's going on? Oh man, I'm great. Great to see you. It's great to see you too. And and I didn't want to get all sappy, um, but that note obviously 
resonated with me. It meant a lot then, which was, again, you wrote that on October 24, 2019. So it's it was, you know, a year and a half ago when I posted a picture of, uh, yeah, when I posted a picture of Willie D and said, hey, if you see this knucklehead around, wish him a happy birthday. And you were like, dude, that kid is the spitting image of your ass. And uh, it, you know, that type of note, even a year and a half ago is why we are here today. You know what I mean? Which is that whole reconnection that what the fuck ever happened to Cassidy Bowman? Like that dude was, you know, I see stuff on Facebook. I don't know if I should call you Captain America or, you know, uh, Indiana Jones. I don't know if I call you friggin' Tony Stark. I don't even know where to begin, but it is great to see you. You look fantastic. And I'd like you to, I'd like you to kind of tell me and the listeners how you've been, what you've been up to and, uh, what's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, man, uh, I love what you're doing here. Absolutely love it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just think, you know, the kindness you exude and bringing people together is in short supply these days. So sometimes I'll, let me first start with an admission. Uh, up until a month ago, I had never listened to a podcast ever. Wow. You are the first podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> yes, back. sir. You got it. Yeah. And uh, I've caught four of them, uh, and I definitely want to catch more of them. Uh, but if it wasn't you, I wouldn't be here. No, no way. That's too funny. That's a high bar, a high standard, a high compliment, and I'll take it. Absolutely. I'll take it. Uh, so let's see. Let's start with where I'm at right now, and then we can kind of zip back in time and figure out how I got you. Yes, uh, let's do it. So I'm in Northampton, Massachusetts, uh, with uh, an awesome wife named Tamara. I got a girl named Scarlett, who is 11 now, uh, a boy named Desmond, who is uh eight and we got a three month old yes. named Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, when you sent that. We're in, it, we're, we're in it. And on top of that, we got a six year old dog, a two year old dog, a, a husky who's about to turn one, a cat, and eighteen chickens. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you have a little bit of land out there in Northampton. We got a, a nice chunk of land, uh a big like 5,000 square feet of garden um yeah you, it's a nice little sliver of the world to call home man yeah it's pretty quiet out there um obviously some of the finest institutions in the state of Massachusetts you're almost uh you know you're almost out towards New York and Albany I get it but uh what what made you pick Northampton like how did you how did you sort of fall back there because you mentioned obviously in the in the text that uh, you spent some time in, in Chicago and San Francisco. So how'd you end up yeah, there? So after, uh, after Arlington high, um, did, uh, so after Arlington high went out to Chicago, university of Chicago with Deirdre Stratton also graduated and went to the same school. Got it. Uh, hi dear. And, um, so yeah, did five years out there. Uh, that was, that was tough. That was a tough school. Uh, not much in Arlington prepared me for, for that. Um, and uh, I stayed one year after graduation. Then I was done with winter, man. I just couldn't handle another another winter. 
And I remember somebody was like, I love the Grateful Dead. And somebody was like, why don't you go out to San Francisco? And I was like, all right. And uh, yeah, I packed up a, a U-Haul, crazy, 1995, put all my belongings in a U-Haul with my Husky, no bank account, you know, no, no, nothing. Just maybe like a thousand bucks to my name and just started driving west. And uh, I had never even been west of the Mississippi at that point in my right, life. Right, right. You know? Uh, and yeah, just drove out to San Francisco and was, you know, I love, I love the Grateful Dead. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll find an apartment in Haight-Ashbury. Found an apartment in Haight-Ashbury and stayed in that place for 13 years. That's unbelievable. And again, not surprising knowing you the way I do, you know what I mean? And just the friendship that we had and just sort of the free spirit that you are. I understand also that music is, you know, huge in your life um you play the guitar is that correct yes i do yeah uh, i'm sort of a hack guitarist yeah but i i can i can play i love playing and 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 is that your genre are you a a dead a, you know you're a deadhead or is there something else that you like to to strum when you're uh no. when you're strumming on your six string it's mostly classic rock, but it's funny. Those years in, in Arlington High, uh, like 87 to, or 88 to 90, were the same years that I absolutely fell head over heel, heels with rock and roll, right? Like, I can remember, you know, that was when I fell in love with music, really. And it was all like uh, The Who, The Stones, The Kinks, The Beatles. Yep. It was a lot of British rock. Um, and I still love that music and I as a guitarist I'm probably like that I'm probably like Keith Richards which is a good rhythm guitarist a little bit of lead and uh fake it until you make it you know fake it till you make it how how did you how did you like San Francisco I mean you could have chosen no offense a little bit of a warmer climate west coast city uh they do the although San Francisco it hovers between 50 and 70 degrees year round. There's nothing much to complain about the weather. Um, Just some fog rolling in. I just wanted, I was looking for adventure, man. That, that, that was it. And San Francisco is incredible. It's sort of like um, Disney world for adults. Yeah. I love San Fran. I've been there a couple of times. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Spent, you know, went out to Alcatraz. I think both times I was yeah. out there, uh, Pier Pier Thirty Nine, and yeah. went to some. Uh, I've gone to a couple San Francisco Giant baseball games. Um, what? So, what did you love about it? That the thirteen years you were there. I mean, you clearly something resonated with you because you didn't just say, oh, this was a mistake and head, head back east. No, no. I thought I was a lifer, man. I, I fell in love hard with that place. I never thought I was coming back. Um, what did I love? Just, it's really, uh, I guess the thing, how do you say it? Anything goes out there, right? So whatever you are, whatever kind of craziness makes up your soul is, is, was generally accepted by San Francisco, right? And and you would find all sorts of people like that. Uh, and you could do whatever you wanted. Uh, and that, that kind of freedom 
was like stark contrast from, you know, anyways, my life in Arlington, but even my life in Chicago where, you know, you're a student. So there's not, you know, there's, you have freedom, but you don't have freedom with a capital S. Right. Um, so yeah, and I was the first five years I was in San Francisco. I really, I bopped around from like job to job. I was really loving at that, you know, Jerry Garcia died like a few weeks after I got there. So that was the end of my time with the Grateful Dead, but pretty much jumped over to fish for the latter half of the 90s. So I was living in San Fran, making money and jumping on planes whenever I could to go all across the country to see that thing. Sure. So, um, in 2000, uh, I answered like a little... Uh, job ad like half inch by half inch square that said senior buyer industrial light and magic now, anybody who knew me in, in high school knew i fucking love star wars you know so yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. oh this looks like it'll never pan out you know what is this doing in a sunday paper and the next thing i know i'm like i'm in industrial light and magic in san rafael on a five hour interview uh and got the job of like senior buyer and for 2000 to 2004, I was buying stuff for the movie. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, it so, was a dream job. It so, was a really hard job, but like, it was incredible. What, what, what kind of, well, two questions um, about your time with, with the dead and fish, and then we'll get into what, sure. you, were, what you were buying. But how, yeah. mu- how, much, uh, how much pot have you smoked in your life? Incalculable. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm know. only I'm only asking because I've never really done it, so it's like, all right, if, if yeah, incalculable. Good answer. Good answer. It's up there. It's yeah, up. It's up there. Know, no, no, but... no. Hasn't listen. Hasn't affected you one bit. Uh, like, no, like, no. Um, and the second question is: So, what kind of stuff were you buying? Like, you're buying what? What items all are you buying? Sorts for? Of stuff. Okay. Like what? So let's see. So man, it ranged from the incredibly weird, uh, like I'll give you some examples. Um, Jurassic park three, they, uh, that had pterodactyls in it. Yep. And they, the artists wanted something to model the pterodactyls after. So they wanted dead turkey vultures. They just wanted turkey vultures to, to put on a table to model. Come on. Uh, for the, uh, what else? Some of the cool things, so I don't know, like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. I like that there's movies where I can actually see the stuff that I got in the movie. The Planet of the Apes, when uh, Marky Mark's ship crashes. Yep. All those plants in that in that whole jungle scene, I bought that whole jungle. Uh, you know, I got to work on a couple of Harry Potter movies. So there's some flags at Hogwarts that I got. I got to be an extra in two Star Wars movies. That was pretty cool. There's a the shittiest Star Wars movie, but <laughs> it was, it was in there. Yeah, but come on, man. I mean, even the shittiest Star Wars movies are Star Wars movies. I mean, come on. Oh, they're not, dude, they're, yeah, you you know? It's not like police. Again, like, it's if not you like, knew me in high school, you knew, like, my I, I, I bled Star Wars. And to, to be sitting at my desk at work and have somebody call me and be like, hey, do you want to head over to Wardrobe to be uh, – 
you know, an extra. It was like, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny, like a little poop of smoke, and I was gone. That's you know? so fucking funny. Again, we're not talking like Police Academy 6. I mean, we're still talking Star right. Wars. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, so, well, I don't yeah, know, early but, 2000s. But where are you? Where, where are you finding this stuff? Is my question though. Like, where are you finding dead turkey vultures? Like, you know, even yeah. even the flags, so like was, all of it. Yeah, that was the job, man. So the job was I worked in a department of like eight people, and it was our goal. You walked into work, you never knew what you had to get, and we had to get it better, faster, and cheaper than anybody else. That was the mantra, day in day out: better, faster, cheaper. Uh, you, it was all really creative person. Um, you know, uh, two movies in the early 2000s, one day after tomorrow, that big, uh, disaster movie. And then, um, Van Helsing, yep. both of those movies had wolves or werewolves in it. Yep. So I had to, uh, I had to bring live timber wolves onto the, the set at industrial light and magic, uh, which I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, that was, uh, my life for four years and it was, it was hard. There were parts of that job that were not that fun. It was a lot of, a lot of pressure, but, uh, it changed my life. I mean, uh, in, in so many ways. One, when I left, uh, ever since then, I feel like I can get any job I want. I walk into an interview and I sort of feel like I got this, you know, there's nothing, which is a good feeling to have. And I've applied for some jobs that I'm grossly underqualified for, but it just, it gave me a lot of confidence. I guess. It, it goes back to what you said before, just fake it till you make it even on the guitar, right? Like yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, but that's, yep. I think I've been that way, even in sales. Like I've sold stuff. I have no idea what it is or how it works or, you know, I mean, for a while I right. sold plumbing supplies and you know, I'd be selling boilers and I'd go to courses and try and educate myself on how the fucking things worked. And, and the plumbers and, and mechanical contractors would be asking me questions about it. I'd be like, listen, I just sell a thing. Like, I don't know how it works. You know what I mean? I was like, right. I was like you're going to have to, right. you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to install that on your own time and good luck with that. You know, I have nothing to do with it. So. Yeah, it's similar, right? It's a set of skills that you can use to do anything really. Um, and learning about X or learning about Y is the easy stuff, but having that sort of thing up in your brain, that's like, I can do this, whether I'm selling toilets or sell, you know, yeah, whatever, selling timber wolves, you know, it's that's, like, yeah, I, that's awesome. I had no idea you were doing that stuff. Even back then I'm saying yeah. like, I, I had no idea. Like you're like, Oh, I'm just going to pick up a, a garden set for uh, planet of the apes and buy a jungle. And, you know, then I'm going to go grab some Timberwolves yeah. and, um, yeah, well, yeah it well, was a good time, man. It was a really good time. And so right after, right after episode three, star Wars came out, uh, industrial light and magic basically laid off, you know, 50% of their staff, right? Cause there's no more star Wars movies. No one knew what was going to happen. So I was part of those massive layoffs. Um, but well, right before that, Industrial Light and Magic changed my life uh, in a big way. So uh, I was in purchasing. So I worked with a lot of salespeople all over the country. Um, and I, uh, on the boring stuff, right, I would buy computers. You know, I had to buy computers for the artists or whatever. Um, and I had a sales uh, rep in New Jersey 
His name was Tamara. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, uh, same you know, heat. He I don't mean to interrupt. That's the same as your wife's name, right? Tamara? That is the same as my oh, wife's name. Oh, all right. Name. Okay. Yeah. I think I see where you're going with so, this. Yeah. So we, um, we would, we would talk and, you know, she was friendly. I, I'm friendly. And, um, we kind of developed a rapport on the phone. Um, but that was it, man. I, I had this job and, you know, I was like, okay, that's, you know, you know, and somewhere very close to the end of that job, it was like, Hey, have you ever seen a picture of me? No, I've never seen a picture of you. No, we kind of shared pictures, but again, kept it really on the level because I felt like if somebody from industrial light and magic felt like I was fraternizing with a, with a, somebody purchasing fraternizing with a salesperson, I felt like I'd get laid off. Yep. Anyways, I got laid off within 24 hours of that. Me and Tamara were like, oh, you want to meet? Uh, and uh, within a week after that, I was on a plane to JFK. And uh, we met in JFK at the gate. And uh, yada, yada, yada. Here dude, we are. Uh, dude, you went from getting laid off to getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe a little, a few dots in between. Oh there, yeah, I mean yeah. a couple. Yeah, I'm saying like you went from like a different kind of laid off. You know what I mean? Good for you. Yeah. So it's uh, eternally thankful to George Lucas for that. As uh, it changed my life in, in so many ways. You uh, yeah. So did you send him a thank you package or something, or uh, 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 some flowers, or a, uh, a no? A, a gift but I have I have met him. I have met him a couple times, and I have talked to him, and I did thank him for my job on a couple occasions. Uh, so yeah, that's fantastic. All right, so we, I think we actually thanked him in our wedding program at the very last page. We said, "And thank you, George Lucas. You know what you did." That's. I love that. What a great story. I mean, seriously, to meet a guy of that magnitude, you know what I mean? Just he's he's amassed such fame, notoriety, wealth. I mean, you know, he's the man, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. to to actually be able to say like, yeah, yeah, I know him, George. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's my boy. Um, I think that's fantastic. So okay, you get laid off, whatever, and but you own your own business now. I mean, you told me for a while that you've been, you know, you like, what do you, yeah, what, what, so, what type uh, of business do you own? So I don't own it. Uh, I'm running it. We are owned by a um, mammoth uh, mega corporation. Okay. Um, so I am actually uh, two weeks away from my 10-year anniversary at a relatively small company called Sedanko. Uh, and what this company does in a nutshell is we make a, a very energy efficient, uh, clean way of heating and cooling large buildings. So we do HVAC for hospitals and skyscrapers and uh, colleges, things like that. We don't, no residential. Um, and, uh, you know, we're on any given week, we're either the number one on the planet or number two, you know, it's, uh, we kind of flipping around with our big competition. Um, but we, uh, there's 10 people in our company. Okay. So and I hired all of them. Uh, and we, uh, we're rocking and rolling with 10 people for, uh, for the entire Western hemisphere. Um, and yeah, longest job I've ever had in my life, man. 10 years. Yeah. I can attest. I mean, you'll hear if you if you go back and listen to a couple of the podcast episodes, um, you'll hear me 
comment about uh, my resume and and how you know it's 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 five and die baby like see you later you know i don't i don't i yeah. you can't hold me down is what i'm saying i can't uh i i haven't been able to sit still i think what i'm doing now i'll be doing for a while but that's uh i've actually i've i've painted since i was in high school so to be doing uh you know home flips and things of that nature it's it's uh it's been something i've been doing actually for a while but um is that what you're doing right now yeah i've been flipping houses for the last couple of years after you know after a 20 something year career of sales jobs it's like it's tough when you're selling yeah. because you're, you're selling for something you're making somebody else a lot of money you're making yourself a lot of money but at the end of the day i'm the type of guy cassidy that's like I'd rather be doing this for myself. You know what I mean? Either by myself, for myself, or for other, like in a, in a couple instances, I just didn't like the the overall organizational philosophy of the, the businesses I was working for. And I was like, all right, I have to check myself at the door, look myself in the mirror and say, do I want to make these people a lot of money? Like I don't, I don't necessarily stand for what they stand for. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. so I, I'm oh a, man, I, I, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. I have bounced in and out of corporate America my whole career and had times where I, I ended up exactly where you are, which, which was like, I can't look myself in the mirror another day, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I have a real love hate relationship with corporate America and I sort of feel like I exist on the fringe, like, uh, yeah, it's funny at this job, you know how people talk about like imposter syndrome, you know, where you, you know, some people feel like, Oh, I'm not, I don't deserve to be here. Everybody thinks I'm uh, a, a fake or a fraud, or I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. I don't have that. At, uh, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, how did they let somebody like me into the club? Like, you know, I just, uh, you know, there was a hole there and I crawled through and, and it's just kind of funny because I see the people, you know, uh, at that level around me and I'm like, I'm not like, these people. right. <laughs> you know? I can honestly, uh, to, to your uh, point, no, uh, you know, it worked out great. Well, I can attest to what you're saying a hundred percent. Um, even working in sports marketing, which is what I did for the first 12 years, there's a ton of nepotism. So like you, oh, yeah. you, you mowed the owner of the Red Sox's lawn as a kid. And all of a sudden, like you're running the communications department. It's like, how did you, like, how did you get a job as the community? Oh, well, you know, my, my father is, uh, my father's so-and-so's dentist. And, uh, my dad said to him while I was filling his, uh, up a bicuspid one day, you know, can, uh, can you give my kid a job? And like, so there was, believe me, there's been plenty of times where I've, I've found myself scratching my, my head saying, how how is this possible? You know what I mean? How did this person get this job yeah. and da da da? So, um, there, that is uh, there's a lot of tough pills to swallow in corporate America. Yeah. That is that is definitely one of them. And uh, yeah, it's funny. After Industrial Light Magic, my next job was at a bank, like in downtown San Francisco. You know, full suit and tie every day, and people, oh man, I got this question like a million times. Why are you working here? How could you do this after Industrial Light Magic? And really, for me, it's not about the what necessarily, uh, but it's about the people. Um, I love, absolutely adore, you know, the people that I worked with then. I love the team that we have now. And that's what keeps me coming back yeah. day in and day out. And that's very frustrating about 
COVID times and uh, is that we're all stuck in our fucking basements, you know, and, and it, it is completely sapped the fun out of work, man, you know, right. and I just, like, we're all dying to get back there because, you know, I'm very old. I'm old fashioned, man. I, I, I don't even like emailing. I like walking down the hall to my colleagues. I like talking on the phone and it's just uh, not being able to see people really. Um, what do you do for fun? I mean, clearly your, your kids are at the center of who you are. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. aw- it's awesome to see you dressed up, as I said, like Indiana Jones or as a stormtrooper. <laughs> or no, it is. It's, it's, you know, because you are who you are and you're comfortable in your own skin and that, believe me, that's something I appreciate to the, you know, one millionth degree. It's, it's, I mean, dude, I spent 10 years impersonating Austin Powers for a living. So, you know, yeah, it was a lot of fun, buddy. Yeah, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So Johnny most morphed into, oh, hello, baby. Hello. (laughs) Right. Groovy, baby. Yeah. And had a lot of laughs, Cassidy. So, Oh, dude, you're the master of bringing the laughs. I love it. Well, I appreciate um, that. You know, I think that um, early on in my life, I learned it's one of the many lessons I learned uh, from the Grateful Dead. It's sort of uh, it's the line. Sometimes uh, we live no particular way but our own. And to me, that's just like do your thing. Ne- you know, I've never tried to keep up with the Joneses, man. You know, it's just like. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing to the best of my ability. Uh, hopefully, I'm not pissing people off and, and, and having fun. And uh, the also, you know, it's funny. I'm, I still am really in touch with the Cassidy who was a kid, right? I, I'm really <laughs> not that far removed from that kid, right? Uh, so having kids is... Um, I feel like I discovered the fountain of youth. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, selfishly, you know, why we would go and do it a third time. I just feel like they, they keep me young. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, doing all this stuff, you know, uh, that we do out here, <laughs> it's just like, it's sort of this bizarre extension of me as a kid, except now I have money, you know, so it, it would tell. <laughs> you, you, um, you didn't move out West with just a thousand dollars and no bank account. Now right. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think about that. It could never happen now, you know, it could right. happen in 1995, but I look at that now or, you know, even, you know, even the idea of jumping on a plane to meet a woman, do that now, you know, like it's just, it was right place at the right time. And, oh, God, you know, I've been ridiculously lucky. That was one of the reasons why I was kind of ambivalent about doing this with you. It's just sometimes it's like I look at my life and it's just been really lucky. And it's kind of like I don't even like talking about it. It's not that I'm superstitious, but it's just a lot of people are struggling. And it's just uh, I, ne- I, I, I notch each, each great day, man. I don't yeah. take it for granted. <laughs> Well, it's a great way to look at it, Cassidy, and it's a testament to you as a person. I mean that sincerely that uh, I'm the same way. Um, It's like every day is a gift. Like you get up and you don't know when your time is up. And I'm like, and life really is short. And I agree with you that, you know, my son's now 14, but he makes me feel 13, you know, I'm, I'm his buddy, but I'm his dad, but he keeps me young. I mean, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, listen, 
had a long day and I'm tired. So don't punch me, you know, four times. You can hit me two or three. <laughs> yeah. Save the fourth one because I'm like, I'm tired. You know what I mean? So, um, but we do, we have a lot of laughs. And, and do you, do you, ha- I'm just going to ask because I don't want to say I do, but I thought I would have children at a younger age than 34, right? I'm 48 now. Do mm-hmm. you, uh, you just had a newborn. <laughs> did, did you wish that you had children at a younger age or are you okay with no, being an not, older dad? not at all. It's not really. No, it's, uh, it all has to do with finding the right person. Right. And it took, you know, took however long that was to, for me to, you know, fall in love with Tamara and and that was it. Um, I wouldn't even say I came close before that. Yeah. Yeah. So she was the Um, one I love it all from, all from having a good phone voice or like, I mean, all from having a good phone voice. Yeah. And then she sent me a picture, which was absolutely knockout. So, you know, wow. So, and then I sent her a picture. I sent her a picture of me on like a green screen in front of Terminator three. And I was like, man, she should have run for the hills right there. You know, that's awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, Little CGI. You can do a little, you know, you could send a little something funky. (laughs) And again, I've seen, uh, your wardrobe. It's fantastic. Your kids, do they bring you in for show and tell at school or like, uh, when there was, you know, so we've had, uh, we've had some fun. Uh, I, I like to think that like half of the children in Northampton, Massachusetts think Iron Man lives here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, I like to keep up that, that, uh, that facade and every once in a while we'll, uh, we'll break out the suit and, uh, show up randomly somewhere. And then all of a sudden people are like, it's fucking Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. I swear to God, I yeah. wish. I wish we were a little closer or we were back in the late nineties, early two thousands. I, you know, it could be whatever. Maybe you and I just get together at some point, you know, put on, oh, co- put on costumes. That's a, that is a lock, man. As soon as we uh, get, get a few months past this nonsense uh, with the pandemic, uh, I will definitely be heading East and we will have some fun, man. Yeah. I, I think we need to do that. Uh, we talked a little bit for a minute, about another gentleman that uh, we were like really good friends with, Hong Shen, back in the yeah. day. And again, probably 98% of the people listening to this podcast are going to be like, who? I'm going to be like, don't worry, the Hong, that kid was the man. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying Just to. Just a super sweet kid, man. I know. Uh, you know, and uh, like a kindred spirit. And um, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying That's to, really I'm trying to. Memory. I'm trying to track him down. Um, so if anybody out there knows where Hong Shen disappeared to, uh, uh, you know, I want to find him. Um, is there yeah, any? So now that we're on the subject of Arlington High, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you mentioned it in the intro. So um, Arlington, you mentioned. So it was one of the reasons why it took me a while to, you know, get in touch with you and and say let's do this because uh, you know, like me. And like you, you grew up with a certain group of people from kindergarten to, yep. you know, senior year. Uh-huh. I did too, you know, and I grew up in a, in a very small place in Connecticut. And uh, and then, yeah, I was just plucked out of that right when it was getting good, right? You yeah. know, ninth grade. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, everything I've known goes away. Yeah. Um, and dropped into Arlington, which was, you know, 10 times bigger uh, in, in, you know, 
in, in the second year of that whole thing. Um, so I definitely came in with some emotional baggage, right? You know, I had like one foot in the past, you know, I'm being told by my parents, don't worry about this. It's all about college. You know, college will make everything better. So it's like one foot in the past, one foot in the present, not a lot of feet in, in the, uh, in the, in, in the present, one foot in the future. So, uh, yeah, emotional baggage. And, and I had like physical baggage, right? I literally some Fridays would come to Arlington high with a bag pack and, uh, School would end. I would get on the T. I'd go down to downtown Boston. I'd get on a Greyhound and I'd go to Connecticut. Yeah, you know, to be yeah. with my friends. So it was it's hard to you know it was hard to make really good friends when you've got your feet outside of where you should be, which is the present. So uh, yeah, it didn't. Uh, it was tough. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. I totally get it. And I probably I'd be lying if I said, like, I remember that when you were in high school, because I don't remember. You know what I mean? I just remember, oh, there's a guy and he's in our class and I'm going to talk to him and that's it. So not to simplify it, but um, it's weird now. Just well, I think I remember. It's funny. I think so. There's two uh, really big instances of kindness that I remember from our class. One is before I moved. I think it was during your freshman year, I got an orientation and that orientation walk around was with Renee and Rena. Mm -hmm. And I remember that vividly and they were very kind. Uh, and that was awesome. And then when I moved there, somehow somebody put us in touch. It was like maybe a guidance counselor was like, this guy, Tim is going to show you around or something <laughs> like that. Clearly they knew your soul back then. Yeah. Which, uh, a real testament, but I, I do remember that, and from very, very early on, and uh, yeah, man, it, even in those three years, you and I sort of, uh, you know, we had some classes together. Sometimes we didn't, but right. always, you know, the friendship was always there, and it was, it was definitely, like I said, it was a, a beacon in a time where I was just, I wasn't miserable, but I was certainly feeling like a little fish out of water, and sort of like, huh why isn't life really working right for me right now? Yeah, you know, and, it's just, I feel, like, it, I feel like things could get better, but I don't know why they aren't. And again, tough time, honestly, like at 15 or whatever, you know what I mean? It's not the easiest time. It's, it's, a. Yeah. You know, they say kids can be cruel and so on and bullying and this and that. And I don't disagree with any of that, but coming in as a, you know, all right, who's this guy? Nobody knows him. Just leave, leave him alone. Pretend you don't see him or hear him. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so. I, I will, no, I will say this, honestly, I, just not to cut you off, but a thank you for the compliment. But Rena and Renee are both like they're jerks now. They're just they're complete assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Renee uh, uh, is like one of the <laughs> kindest people out on Facebook. Oh, my God. Yeah, like her I, positivity I, is uh, infectious. Like there's been a couple times where I, I read like one of her comments or one of her posts and I'm like, I'm going to go be a better man. <laughs> you know? Well, that's, that's why I say I, I clearly, I, I say it in jest because I feel the same way. I've actually reached out to her privately and said, you've enhanced the podcast with your kind commentary after each episode. And I mean that sincerely. Like I've told 100%. her, I've, I've, like, I owe her a thank you basket and a note. And we've talked. I've said it to her directly. I've said, 
you just in your graciousness and kindness have made like she's basically amplified what I'm doing on one end on the back end. It's like we're a team almost. You know what I mean? I've said that to her. I'm like, it's awesome because, you know, and if you notice, like when people comment, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I try to thank every single person that says something or whatever. And I say, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, but you know, I have the pre-interview, we have the interview. Then usually there's a post wrap up interview where we chat a little bit. And, um, it's really been great for me on so many levels, Cassie, to just to see you guys and to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, that, that trip back out East from Northampton, don't worry about it. I'll meet you halfway or I'll meet you out there. And, you know, um, I can't wait. Oh man, I, I would absolutely love to host you out here, man. That's definitely one of the, uh, you know, we're doing this big construction project on our house. We're almost done. And it's really now that we're almost done and we've created this, this incredible thing, the stark realization that we can't share it with anybody, it's this huge puzzle piece that's just not fitting, right? You know, because what is, what is a home if you can't share it with friends? You know, if, you know it's just uh, the weird little things about COVID that tick me off, you right, know. It's, right. uh, that's, that's definitely one of them. And, and uh you know, I, as much as I, I'm a real family man, I love being here and I have been here solidly for like almost a year now, but you know, in my nature, it's my nature, the, the dead and fish. I like to get out on the road. I like to sit, get behind the wheel and put miles down with just, you know, the sun in my face. And I definitely, I get squirrely when I don't get that. And I miss, I definitely miss, you know, just adventure. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to just touch upon, um, is that you've, do you, do you write? Because again, like when you, when you do post something, it's very thoughtful. You talk a lot about your dad, um, and just memories of trips with him. And, and you, you, you know, you have vivid detail in your, in your writing of it. Um, it, it could be a song that hits you or, you know, the lyrics mm. to a song or no, really. And it's, but it's like, not to sound corny or whatever, but it's beautiful. Like how you capture moments you've spent with him in your life. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, for somebody who lost a dad at 20 and misses the guy, like it sounds crazy, but like miss him still like yeah. every day. Like when I see people say oh, like, Oh, yeah. I miss you, miss you, miss you, miss you. I'm like, no, I, I get it because you know, you, I would kill for just a trip somewhere or, you know, uh, um, a, a moment to reflect on with the guy one more time. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah. can you talk a little bit just about that? I think, uh, a lot of it comes with, um, age getting older and also being a father too. It gives you, different perspective on things um and uh yeah i just think that uh, i've had a lot of great adventures and sometimes i just use facebook i don't know i use facebook for i don't know just a weird you know half the time i'm just quoting the grateful dead or lethal weapon 2 and every once in a while i'll think of something kind of meaningful and i'll put it out there and maybe it's just my own record of that you know i don't know figure most people have me blocked by now um but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think really, I think it's just the mileage, man. You put enough, you put enough miles down on on your existence here, and certain things come into really clear focus um, about what's important, you know, and like you know that you know trips with my dad and you know times with my mom and getting out and really again back to the lucky. I got two relatively healthy parents still still around, you yep. know, so really lucky. No, it's yeah. great. It's great. Um, let me know when you need me to come out and take the horseshoe out of your ass, uh, since you've had such a lucky existence. Um, but listen, I mean, I know, it, no, I mean it sincerely that, uh, people that didn't know you as well as I did, or that, you know, who is this guy? You know, they're pretty interesting story. You know, I just want to uh, tell you that I appreciate you for always being you. I appreciate your friendship. Um, I, I will most certainly take you up on that offer to, to get together when we can. And, uh, I want to tell you, you know, thank you for taking some time to, to catch up with me and, uh, and with the listeners here, because I know part of this journey and I've interviewed a few Cassie that I didn't even know the people. And I, I, I start the interview off by saying, who are you? Like, I don't even remember you, but I mean, mm, you're not, you, you're not one of those people. Um, and it's it's uh, it's been great to touch base with you and to you know see you and, and and I'm glad I'm glad that you're doing well. Like, don't feel guilty about it. You know what I mean? I'm 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 always. No, it, you know. I don't feel guilty about it. I don't really feel guilty about it. But uh, you know, it's um, I'm an empathetic person, man. Me and too. So uh, while I'm here and having a good life, I feel I feel what other people are going through. You know, and it's like. Uh, I don't know. Some people, uh, that's it. I, that's it. You know, it's no. like, I don't need something to, bad to happen to me personally to feel the pain of the world. If that makes any sense. Funny. And, uh, 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 of course it does. That's why we hit it off. That's what I'm saying. Listen to some more episodes. Yeah. You'll hear me saying how much people's struggles affect me and, uh, you know, if there's, I always say, if there's anything I can ever do for anyone, like I'm, I'll do what I can do. I'm just one man, but I'll, I'll do, but I'll do what I can do. And you mean it, man. I so know. yeah, the four episodes, the four episodes I listened to, I listened to Jason and Erica because we were, we yep. were close. Uh, I listened to uh, Laura Ferguson because I've been to Alaska and that kind of intrigued me. And um, I listened to Amy yesterday because I could tell from what people were saying that it was intense. So I felt like I needed to dip in there and got it. Um, yeah, man. Uh, when uh, you're, you're, you're the real deal. Love, love me or hate me. I'm the real deal. And I even say to people, I'm like, listen, I'm an acquired taste. Like not everybody loves me and that's okay. But, uh, oh man, but I'm the real deal. Right. You know, I, I totally, I totally get it. And all I can do uh, in this life is be the best Cassidy I am. And man, I do feel like that's an acquired taste. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you for being you buddy. And it's been great chatting with you. I really mean it. I appreciate it. I hope that, uh, the, the, uh, addition in the home front there is, uh, is coming along nicely and you get the permit you're seeking so that, uh, you can host, host some more friends out at the, at the compound. We're, we're literally 24 hours away from final inspection. So knock on wood, 
think we're think we're going to get it. Sounds good, buddy. Listen, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Be well. And this is definitely the start of a uh, new chapter of Dalton Fallman. I love it. All right. Bring it on. One more Johnny Most. Get Send me out, Johnny. All right now, Bowman and Dalton hanging out at the compound out in Northampton. And it's good. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Oh,